I don't get you to rage rage kick your machine, then I have not done my job. That's right. Well, for context there, I, I kicked my USB cable out while we were recording. <laughs> so. Well, well, another day, another dollar. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. Oh, my goodness. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be here. Good to be talking. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Paul, there was a fun story this morning up on the GitHub blog thanking everybody who contributed to flying a helicopter on Mars. This is not a sci-fi film. This is real. Yes. Goodness. That is good. I know. That is good. Wow. So... It says here on the github.com weblog, nearly 12,000 people contributed code, documentation, graphic design, and more to the open source software that made Ingenuity's launch possible. Yeah, it's very cool. So uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's work through this. First of all, Mars has an atmosphere 1% of Earth. So I guess it's not, you know, on Earth, when you're using a helicopter, it's pushing against the atmosphere. That's how it goes, you know, up and down. Well, I wonder, because I'm guessing you get so there's less friction, so I bet you can spin those wheels real fast. To spin those rotors real fast, right? But there's right. less lift because what are you pushing against? So yeah, it's exactly. got to be like so there's a bit of a trade-off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna do that for yeah. them. Can you make that noise Whee! a little bit more? Thank you. Um, the helicopter runs on an embedded uh, Linux distribution on its navigation computer, written in C++, JPL's open source flight framework F. Prime. Hell yeah, F prime. Yeah. And then you know you got Python ecosystem under there. Yeah. The only thing when whenever you say that, I'm just like, I just imagine the helicopter kind of coming up behind you and going like I run on Arch Linux. You know, just just it's <laughs> once you get into Linux, embedded li- Linux distros. I mean, maybe it's Alpine, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's the, a whole the helicopter world. is it is a little bit snooty, but we we applaud its efforts. I mean, what's interesting here, right? Like you were saying, twelve thousand people and then all these different things. They sort of did the hard work, which doesn't happen often enough because, you know, who's going to do it, of going back through all the dependencies and then thanking all the people and giving them all a special badge. So it's not like people knowingly contributed code to this, right? They just were working on their own thing, whatever that may be, um, and it kind of all I uh, think they said, spi- spidered up to the, to the final thing. What's cool here, what I didn't understand at first is that, so NASA made a list of all the different things right. that they used. So, I mean, we're looking at like Python and there's F prime and Linux and URL lib, lots of good Python in here. Well, they use work. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two metaphors here. What we find is there's a hierarchy of dependencies. A single project might have 10 or fewer, but they spider out from there. And then if that, that metaphor doesn't work for you, much like dropping a pebble and dropping a pebble in a lake, your small contribution ripples out to have a much larger impact. So. so they did a good thing here, which is they got in touch with GitHub and they said, Hey, everybody qualifies here as some as someone who contributed to the space program, who contributed to these repositories. So they fanned out the the credit to thousands and thousands of developers. And of course, GitHub yeah. kind of knows inherent in Git is this social graph of who contributed to what and when and where and how. And so like, that is very cool. So basically everybody who, you know, your code, you might've updated the documentation on the Elasticsearch Python module. And that is part of what gets the helicopter to fly on Mars. It is very cool. I mean, it's very cool to get a special badge and right, as you said, to get it maybe for just doing some basic housekeeping that 
is what you like to do on a slow, rainy Sunday. <laughs> I mean, listen, open source right now, not just right now, but now in particular, it's going through some stuff. It's not. Oh, yeah. It's it's its role in culture, which used to be kind of certain in the tech uh-huh. world, is a little more like, hey, what are we doing here? There's a problems <laughs> all over the place. This is a good right. thing. And frankly, you know, they shipped a lot of Python to Mars. They didn't ship quite as much JavaScript as I would right. have expected. Some good yeah. stuff. There's Markdown on Mars. That's a lot. Python Markdown. That's a lot. There's, you know, the Jinja. I mean, this is, I love this Python web development ecosystem. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. pieces of code. It's very friendly. Flask is wonderful. Yeah. No, no SQL alchemy. I don't, I don't see an ORM in here. So it mm-hmm. looks like, and, and Lucene, they absolutely ship Java to Mars, but they've done that before. I think Java has been, right. been a, so good job. Hey, NASA, great job from the Stack Overflow podcast. You know, I know you guys were waiting. This brings us, we haven't publicly revealed this yet, but we will, I think today, and then it'll be on the podcast tomorrow, but it'll come down later. But, you know, sort of going back to this, we used to have this thing on Stack Overflow where we'd say how many people, you know, your, your questions and answers reach. So I think very famously, you know, it was like John Skeet when they, you know, gave him his award or whatever, you know, he had gotten to a million reputation, but he had impacted, you know, 50 million, 50 million people had been helped. Right, right, um, right. You know, roughly something by his stuff. And so now we know, because we ran a fun little April Fool's joke, that one out of every four people who visit a Stack Overflow page copy something within the first five minutes. Sometimes it's, usually it's the, it's the answer. But sometimes it's the question and sometimes it's a comment and all of that stuff then goes on to have a new life, probably in some of these dependencies. Well, it does. And that's actually the licensing on Stack has always been really clear. So, yeah. you know, it, cutting and pasting. And, and so I'm guessing you're able to capture the cut event inside of the browser. That's good. Correct. And off you go from there. So, And yeah. then we use a lot of spy spyware and we, 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 we track the pace. No, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't do that. <laughs> Anyway, look, I mean, check out NASA slash F prime that is on github.com. That is a cool URL, NASA slash F prime. F prime is a component driven framework that enables rapid development and deployment of space flight and other embedded software applications. I'll tell you, I read something like that and I just want to throw it all out the window. I'm just like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, that's what you should be doing. You exactly. should be you should be putting Python on Mars, but that's okay. We all have our role to play. Yeah, those of us who talk on the podcast, you know, we serve in our own way. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not it's not like we didn't want to help. It's just you know we didn't um, think about it that way. Space flight podcast. I mean, we're talking about the pot the space flight thing right now, so maybe we should get a badge. To be honest, with you. yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would love a. Ba- I've never gotten a badge in my life. Helping to spread the word. I love to, everybody gets upset about NASA spending all this money to put stuff on Mars. But then I'm like, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's like the Mars. And then you, you learn that Amazon's paying $465 million to make one season of a prequel to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, right. <sighs> world is complicated. I, you know, I, I'm getting more value right. out of watching that little helicopter go up and down than I will out of another 80 hours of Hobbit lore. <laughs> so, you know, to each their own. And we did see another thing that was interesting that came out of looking at the the copies was that there are so many questions out there that don't have an accepted answer. That doesn't mean people aren't copying the code. It doesn't mean people aren't getting value out of it. No, no, no. 
some of the most copied were questions with, with didn't have accepted answers. So as long as you're contributing an idea, as long as you're giving it your best shot, you might be helping people. Hey, if you're out there contributing to Stack Overflow, you're doing great. You're helping the culture. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you very much. I'm looking at Stack Exchange as we're talking, and you know, it mm-hmm. just it keeps happening. I mean, the only problem is, you know, why didn't Hermione try to get Slughorn's memory? I, I do feel that we could maybe <laughs> move on a little bit, but lots of good code golfing. You know, what's funny is you just realize what your clickbait is, like your personal clickbait. Oh yeah, and mine is drawing a man in LaTeX, like just like how do I draw a little guy <laughs> in my typesetting language? You know, originally created yeah. by Donald Knuth with with add-ons from Leslie Lamport, and you click on it, and it's like, oh my god, they drew a koala. They drew a koala right. out of circles, and there's a macro. Yeah. There exists specific packages for the outlines of beings, and I'm going to tell you. These are not good koalas or, or, or um, snowmen. It's just not. <laughs> but there is a, a koala package in LaTeX. So, you know, it's got you. It's there for you. Somewhere it's at the be- intersection, yeah, of code golf, generative art, and really, really dorky computer history. That's where you're sitting. I'm telling you. I mean, you drawing a man in LaTeX, three answers posted by user 240141. Just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. in the tech stack exchange, T E X, that is, by the way, everybody, it's pron- pronouncing things in funny ways is definitely an artifact of 1980s open computer culture. Couchbase is a modern multi cloud to edge, SQL friendly JSON document database for building applications with agility, performance, and scale. If you're new to Couchbase and would like to learn more, the Couchbase developer portal is the best place to start. It's loaded with tutorials, videos, and documentation, as well as best practice tips, quick start guides, and community resources, including the Couchbase Developer Community Forum. Ready to get started developing on Couchbase? Visit couchbase.com slash new to Couchbase. Paul, I heard an argument the other day that I wanted to run by you because uh, I know you don't love the nonsense nickels or the cryptocurrencies. I know. Are you a collector of anything though? Like, do you collect anything? You know, this is a funny thing because I'm I'm actually wrestling with this because I probably more than almost anyone I know in my life need a hobby. Yeah. (laughs) I I need to do something that isn't me thinking about my company or or computers. And one of the things- Wait, computers? I thought you did, you're building like a a new machine or building something that can't count? Or you want to just, okay, you want to have a hobby that's separate from that because it's so much- Computer is like infinite hobby, computer. Like just so much computer. (laughs) Um, No, I need to get away from the computer. I do have a tendency to go on eBay. And the thing is, is what I what I like is cheap ephemera. So I I would say if you have a, if I have a hobby, it is- it's like second editions of books, right? right? Like it's, right. I enjoy collecting old Omni magazines, but I have no desire, mostly because when dads come over to hang out at my house, right. it gives us something to talk about because otherwise you just kind of sit there oh, yeah. and it's like, also I live in Brooklyn, so sports is not a given and not everyone's right. in the tech industry. So it's just like, what are we going to do? You know, because in, right. in, in Brooklyn, it'll be like, hey, what do, what do you think about the Mets this year? And it'll be like, well, actually, I'm just really into curling. And you're like, oh man, wow, <laughs> right. we're not. But gonna... vintage magazines work because everybody's oh, yeah. into vintage. It's a little peek down memory lane. It's a little, it's very eighties. All the ads are for cigarettes and crazy technologies, and everybody's like, oh, okay, all right, that's interesting. Look at this. Wow, they really thought. Look at it. They're talking about like a gigabyte. 
you know. So that's, but yeah, I, I am not much of a collector and right. I, I've tried to be, but then I'm like, I don't want stuff. Stuff is, right. I, you know, maybe because I just moved. So the way it was explained to me is that there was sort of a, there was a naming era at the beginning. And if we had called them crypto assets or collectibles instead of cryptocurrency, we could have saved ourselves five years of arguing about, Hey, nobody's, you know, really wants to pay for pizza with this. You can't pay for, you know, pizza with something that's worth a penny now and, you know, $60,000 later or whatever it may be. But we all love to collect things. That's like a, a natural instinct. And this actually kind of stuck with me because then now I realize, oh, I do like when I'm playing a video game, I love to collect all the things. I look for all the loot, you know, the loot box. I've got all my digital card games. I collect all those. So when you think about it in that way, then you can sort of like start to understand why people love all these nonsense nickels. No, I get it. I get bored is my real problem, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, there's a little game that you play when you subscribe to the New York Times. And look, I, I, I know I live in New York City. It's my hometown newspaper, mm-hmm. whatever your opinions of it out there in Stackland. And uh, <laughs> they have a little game that comes with it called Spelling Bee, where you make letters out of seven letters. And it's, and it's kind yeah, of been yeah. a hit, right? And I was into this game so bad for like a month. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get all, all the words. And now... I got like three minutes on that thing. And I'm like, I'm just going to be spelling more letters. That's all I'm going to be. I'm going to be like spelling more words. That's, it's not going to change. And the words don't mean anything. And then I'm like, well, I'm trying to put the phone down. Right. So I will say like, I just don't, I'm not wired for collecting. I did start watching and learning about, I started watching a video called the complete guide to full stack Ethereum development uh, tutorial for beginners. It's by Nader Dabit or Nader Dabit. Mm -hmm. And it's connected to a blog post and so on and for, on Dev2. And it's pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to figure it out. It's yeah very complicated. I don't know if you were connected to the world, but Ben, there was a point. So you know about Ruby on Rails, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that put Ruby on Rails over the edge is that up until that point, let's say you were building things in PHP or you were doing or you were doing sort of bigger systems and APIs and so on and so forth, you kind of cobbled together, like, I'm, I'm going to use my database over here and I'm going to use my, I'm going to build my web pages over here. And you sort of put all the pieces together. Ruby on Rails shows up and there is a 15 minute video and it says, here's how you build a full app. You know, I think it was a blog. Here's how you build a full blog app, top to bottom, right. database, so on and so forth, interface, people can log in, they can post, they can do all the stuff. And it was like, that was off to the races. You saw so many middle European accents telling you how to build, you know, like <laughs> Ruby on Rails based apps over the next couple of years. And yeah. it was different because it wasn't tutorial based. It was a tutorial on video, but it wasn't like a set of blog posts. You didn't have to cobble it together. You would get the whole story. Yeah. But this thing is an hour long and it is dense. There's a lot going on. And so I'm like, yeah, it actually puts a lot into context for me. The things that really create True dynamism in the tech industry are things where mm-hmm. you get the basics in 15 or 20 minutes. And once you get into that hour, it's like, now you're really making a point. And so this is a, this stuff is just really complicated. I think one of the things that's interesting, and we were talking about this last time, is that I think it's fair to say that the Ethereum, as you say, is very complicated and does not yet have, has not yet built, you know, many apps or dApps uh, uh, that have like major consumer adoption. What's really interesting is that, you know, there was this moment where like the internet got ahead of itself and there was the dot-com boom and bust. And I think we could have had that with cryptocurrency, but there's two things. One, 
There's like the collectible speculation. And two, the government is doing things differently now. We had the, the great financial crisis. We had the pandemic. And we just powered through that. We just printed the money. And we didn't have that kind of like, you know, moment where like a lot of startups go under. In fact, venture capital like increased during the pandemic, but the opposite way. And so we're still like 10 years out, maybe the same way we were 10 years out from like mainstream adoption of e-commerce from whatever crypto will be. But the cycling of value from finance to tech is just like going, going strong. Well, I think what's weird here, though, right, like pets.com and sort of that that initial, so yeah. the, the 2001 wave that imploded, those yeah. companies were all participating in the real economy. And yeah. they were going public in the real economy and they were failing in the real economy. And I'll tell you, one day somebody came up to me and said, you have a blog. I'm like, I do. Don't tell anybody. And they're like, <laughs> look, here's what I can do for you. I can, if you want to sort of set your blog up as like a new thing and we kind of tell a little story on the website, I got these people who will go out there and they will sell this thing as a sort of about to go public company. And then we can take you, what you do is you get a credit card out of the Caymans. And I was like, right. every time I've come face to face with true financial corruption, my wow. utter stupidity. This and, oh, this happened to so me. So they were ready to take F train public. They were like, you know, F train could be the next social network. It could be an e-commerce. It could be all of these things. It's I'm a like, hub. I'm like, I it's write the globe. about going to the dentist. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But they're like, no, no, no. Cause it's, you know, they just basically, wanted me to figure out like they wanted me to like make it into some fake business and then at that point right. you would just and it was boiler rooms they would just get the boiler rooms to go out and call yeah, the yeah. institutional investors i'm like doesn't that just take money away from people and they're like they're <sighs> wow, idiots wow, anyway wow. and i was oh oh this is a little we bit like unearth this story i'm so glad we got look to this you gotta remember the web early days it would be like i have a fedex envelope filled with cash there was right. um an actual <laughs> criminality to the early days of the web that was always there. And it, it, it doesn't get talked about because who's going to talk about it? But well, isn't that true kind of too, though? I feel like between the like Bitcoin got started and is interesting and cool. And then now when it's like Bitcoin is like institutional and on Wall Street and bigger than most banks, there was the dark web with like crypto era, right? Of like two or three years. It was like, oh, this is for that's uh, what right. Was that, what was that drug site? You know, there's this is for like, uh, Silk you know, Road. buying MDMA. Silk Road. Yeah, there's Silk Road. Exactly, exactly. So there no, was that. I think that, that's like, right. It's that, it's that subterranean economy. And like, I was in the middle of this. I'd be going out and talking to people. And the reason that I didn't get involved is like, A, I think I'm just, I'm not inclined that way, but also just B, like, I just didn't understand what the hell was going on. They'd be like this and right. this and this. I mean, one of your best defenses against getting roped into that world is just kind of mm -hmm. being an innocent and being like, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to do it. <laughs> somebody told right. me, I, somebody told me I should invest in Imclone at one point. That was a hot stock. And that was the one that took down Martha Stewart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I didn't, because I didn't know, they were like, you should absolutely do this. This will make you a lot of money. And I'm like, I like money, but I didn't understand how to set up a Schwab account. So I was like, right, 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 right. ah, this is not for me. Whoa, woo. And so like, you know, and then over time you, you figure out what's actually going on, but your defenses are built up and, and it's stay away from crime kids is my yeah, advice. Yeah. You know? yeah, but yeah, no. So I think sense. like we're going through this, we went through that phase again. And now I think there's a legitimate thing happening. The thing that's interesting to me is that it essentially is its own economy. And what's happened is that it really does feel like Silicon Valley has said, we're going to have our own marketplaces. We're tired of Wall yeah. Street. We're yeah. tired of like, we're going to have our own stock trading. We're going to have our own economy that runs yeah. along technology principles. And 
I'll tell you what I think deep down, Ben. I think it's all fine, and I think it'll be here for 100 years, and I think that Bitcoin could go to a billion dollars. You're not going to get right. rid of the real economy. You just aren't. Like whether Even if you think that money is fake, well, it's no more fake than Bitcoin. It, it's all fake. Okay, so there's a new yeah. class of fake. And I just also look at it, and I'm like, yeah, all of this is real. I'm glad you guys are making lots of money. I'm really happy for you. But the new economy is actually the decarbonized economy, and we should be thinking about that. And that is, mm. we're going in the other direction we're trying to make things right, right we're trying to make things more expensive which i respect because the internet really it was very bad at, at taking care of the people who created its value all of that value went to very few people but yeah at the same time boy you're you are all headed in a direction that doesn't really acknowledge what the real banana cakes economy of extreme <laughs> weather events and two right, degrees right. celsius looks like well yeah i mean i think there's two things happening one is like they kept repeating the Coinbase mantra, which is like, we're going to democratize finance. And it's like, no, that, that does not work. I don't think you've done any of that. God you know, bless I don't us see all. any of God that. God bless us all. Yeah. That is a story that people told themselves things. Yeah, exactly. Just, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I do think it's interesting that it was, a, I think, like you said, I think technology, the technology sector and, and finance and all this, like, I think they got so far ahead of finance that now it's this self-fulfilling prophecy where finance has to follow because they can't miss the boat. And so in that sense, they financialized everything before it yeah. worked. Right. Like it's like it doesn't work <laughs> yet. But they're like, let's financialize it. And and that was actually look, I like I said, you, you talk to people in, in blockchain companies and they're like, check out our white paper. This is a this is a stable coin tethered to another stable coin. Right. And and you're like, cool. That seems really <laughs> cool. You're I like your home. I like the the test net you've got going with those little charts, but those could yeah. also be the charts that my my pie hole puts out for how many ads it blocks. I couldn't tell the difference, <laughs> right? So yeah. to me, the fundamental error, the fundamental culture error, I'm in, I would be interested in, and I remain interested in a lot of things like Filecoin, where the computational resources are what's being traded for. And the mm. market of future computation is in play. So look, I mean, you know, as we're as we're just working it through, I just like money changes the dialogue so much because people are like, am I in? Am I out? Am I what am I missing? Am I going to be the only person who's left behind? But, uh, you know, we're, we're it's still early days. It really is. And I, I don't like it's still early days for the platform. It might actually be definancialized. It might be that Ethereum is worth a penny in the future. Right. But it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Which, you know, God forbid. Right. Like that is literally everybody's worst nightmare. But I, there's good stuff coming. Shall I read us a lifeboat? Let's do a lifeboat. How to remove one line from a TXT file. This week's Lifeboat Badge Award winner is Scott M. Thanks, Scott, for answering a question with a score of negative three and getting it up to an answer score of 20 or more. You spread some knowledge around the internet and help some people. I'm sure many have copied and pasted from you. So how to remove one line from a TXT file. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. I didn't directly help put a helicopter on Mars, but I, I applaud everyone who did. Me neither, but you know, good <laughs> job and great, impeccable taste in open source libraries. Exactly, that's a good, good choice of ecosystem, NASA. You know, I'm Paul Ford. I have a company called Postlight, and uh, but check out Jewelbots, Jewelbots.com. Sarah, Sarah isn't here today. Yeah, we'll shout her out. Uh, but you know, let's shout her out. Sarah Chips, my my wonderful co-host here with Ben. Jewelbots.com. Get your daughter excited about the world of science and technology. Just the coolest thing in the world. And if you've ever uh, copied and pasted from Stack Overflow and felt guilty about it, don't check out the blog. You'll see you are not alone. You're one of 
40 million a week or <laughs> something like that. No, that's right. We no, we we all cut and paste. Yeah. It is how we learn. That's, that's right. the true object-oriented programming. <laughs> all right. Here we go. All right, friends. All right, friend. Talk to you soon. Friend. Bye. Bye.